Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast on the Class. Breakfast on the Class today is dedicated in loving memory of Joe Dur, Alava Shalom Lilun Ishmat Yosef, Ben Mordechai, Viklodia, sponsored by Isaac Dabach. Ishtabach Shemo. Breakfast on the Class is also dedicated in loving memory of Mr. Irving Safti, Alava Shalom Lilun Ishmat Ezra Ben Sarah, sponsored by Rabbi David Bibi. Did we just get a class also in, from, uh, was that a different time? Did you, did you, no, that wasn't, okay. Week of Cold Brew is also dedicated in loving memory of Sammy Syed. Sponsored by his son, uh, Isaac Syed. My friends, there's a very interesting line um, in, in the end of the parasha, which I think is, uh, gives us a beautiful insight into the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs, runs the world. <clears throat> Yesterday we talked about Miriam and the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu was judging her, of course, as a tremendous tzaddikah. We always have to be careful whenever we talk about the tzaddikim and we're trying to figure out what they did wrong. We don't mean to judge them on our level, obviously. You know, these were tzaddikim that their worst averot ya'ani would be the biggest mitzvah if we did it. Okay? You know, Miriam was, as the Rambam says, has no malicious intent. She's only trying to help her brother. Yesterday we learned about the fact that she thought she was giving to Chachan a Dvar Mitzvah. But, but she was wrong on some level. On a, and because God is so strict with the great Tzadikim, so because she was who she was, uh, she was punished for it. But you see that uh, Miriam does not lose her status um, as, a, as a leader of Am Yisrael, as a very important per- person in the nation when this story goes down. Because the Pasuk takes pains to tell you, And the people, the entire nation, did not travel until until Miriam was collected. Now that is an amazing thing if you think about it. You know, think about this for one minute. You ever, in a, what's it called? Uh, you have a bunch of guys and you know you all want to go to the game where you all want to go to the restaurant and there's one guy you know Adas doing his hair for an extra 20 minutes right he can't get his uh, the thing in the front to go to the he can't you know he's to his this he's uh, uh, what's it called I don't know I don't do it but he's got the the, the hair the strainers the strainers he's straining the hair so it's like this he, got, he has the job he doesn't have the right gel he's taking too long what does everybody say you know what we're going to go ahead. We'll get started with the appetizers. You come whenever you want. I'm not missing the beginning of the game for you. We'll go to the game. We'll go in the first car. You take the second car, right? You have 10 people. Six people won't wait for the other people, right? They just want to go. Could you imagine that there's one person, Miriam, who's stuck for seven days because of the story of the tzara'at. She's waiting outside. And something like three million people 600,000 men between the age of 20 and 60. How many men are there before the age of 20? How many men above the age of 60? How many women of all of those ages? The extrapolative number that we give is roughly 3 million people. Could you imagine someone needs to, and not 7 minutes, and not 7 hours, 7 days. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is a public service announcement. If everyone could please call United Airlines and push their ticket from the 14th to the 21st of the month. Uh, we're unfortunately not going to be able to travel uh, due to Hurricane Miriam, right? What are we talking about? 
the whole nation doesn't travel. Says the Gemara in Sota. Gemara says, Bimida Sha'adam Modeid Ba, in the measure that a person measures, Modedin Lo, we measure for him. Vichen Inyana Tova, also for good things. Miriam Imtinale Moshe Sha'achat, Miriam waited for Moshe for one hour. When Moshe was put into the river and in the basket and sent down the river, Miriam says, says the Pasuk, that his sister waited off in the distance in the reeds to see what was going to happen to him. Therefore, Therefore, the Jewish people waited for her for seven days in the desert. And the people did not travel until Miriam was collected. Wow. Look at the, the payback that Borei Olam brought for Miriam that she waited for one hour for Moshe and now the Jewish people waited in the desert. All the Jewish people waited for her for seven days. The first question that should jump out of you is, one second, you're telling me that this is a proof in the measure that a person measures, they measure him, you're telling me that this is something which is tit for tat, it's, it's measurable, it's quantifiably uh, aligned. In what world does one hour equal seven days? Tosafot asks this question. And Tosafot says, Lav dafka sha'ah. It doesn't mean that she waited for an hour. Ela She waited a third of an hour. Or rivia, or a quarter of an hour, 15 minutes. Dekatani betosefta mida tova meruba midat parnut. We know that when God punishes, God pays one for one. But when God rewards, we say that the midah tovah is mirubah, God's good payment mechanism is 500 times more generous than his punishment mechanism. Where do we learn this from? It says that God waits when a person does a sin, God waits al shileshim va al ribeim. God waits on a third and on a fourth generation to see if the midara, if that bad character trait is present in the person's children or grandchildren. However, when it comes to paying back for good things, it says that God pays two thousand times for two thousand years, two thousand generations. So it takes the number from four. Two, 2,000. What's 4 divided by 2,000? 500. So therefore we know that God's mechanism for payment for good is 500 times more than His punishment. Now, first of all, I like leaving you little tidbit lessons within the shiur, within the Dvar Torah. I think there's a lesson here for the way that we interact with people. You know, sometimes a person has to be critical. Sometimes a person has to punish their children. They should not... Um, shy away from doing what needs to be done but at the same time make sure that your ratio when they did something good is 500 times more right? who has 500 yeses do every know right people like he's never going to learn I have to punish him 
were you that strict about rewarding him? Okay? Side lesson. Coming back to Tosafot. What's interesting is, so Tosafot says, it doesn't mean an hour. Because one hour and, and seven days, that doesn't compute. And especially if we're learning from here, that in the measurement that somebody does, Hashem kind of counts out to him, pays him off based on what he's done. So Tosafot says, no, it's a third of, she waited a third of an hour or a quarter of an hour. Why is Tosafot saying that? Fascinating, Rabotai. Let's do a little math together. We're Ashkenazim math. Let's do a little math together. How many hours are there in seven days? Oh, the Syrians put stepping forward, stepping up with the math, the head, math in the head. One forty-eight. One sixty-eight. We, you on the same page? One sixty-eight. Okay. One sixty-eight. All right. Hundred and sixty-eight. Rabotai, the number of 500 times shlish, a third of an hour, is almost exactly seven days. How much is 500 times a third of an hour? Is There's 166 thirds of an hour, right? If instead of 168, you have, the number comes to 166. It's almost identical. So the Sfarim say, why did Tosafot say, oh, if it's so close, almost... Tosafot should have said a third. Why does he say a third or a quarter? And the, the Sifarim say something magnificent. That we know in Torah, we don't have the hours on a watch. We have something called Sha'ot Zmaniot, which means that the hour is decided based on the amount of time there is in the day. So a halachic hour is not 60 minutes. It's however many minutes there are in a day, sunlight to sunset, <clears throat> then divided by 12 to give you hours, and then divided into minutes of 12. So a halachic minute of sha'ot zmaniot and a halachic hour is not identical. So Tosafot says it was roughly between <clears throat> a third of an hour and a quarter of an hour. Why? Because the month that she waited for Moshe Rabenu was the month of Sivan, where the days are longer. So the hours are a little bit longer, so therefore, it's between a third of an hour, and therefore, the reward that Miriam gets for staying out there for roughly a third of an hour, a little bit more than a third of an hour of a halachic hour, winds up being exactly seven full days, and that's why the Gemara says, I learned this, and I thought something to myself, which I thought was, wow. Sometimes you learn a Dvar Torah and it gives you a little bit of a, an idea and you realize, oh my gosh, for something else. From the fact that I saw this idea uh, in the Matoka Or, he explains, he says this concept on the Tosafot, that what day was it? We know it was the, the, the month of Sivan. How do we know that? How do we know what day of the year Miriam waited for Moshe? Fascinating. What day was Moshe born? We know. Zain Adar. The Pasuk says, and it was three months after the child was born, because Moshe was born early. Three months after the child was born was when the child should have been born. Now the Egyptians are going to come look for him. They're going to try and find him. So three months from the day of his birth is what day? Seven days into Sivan. And it struck me like a ton of bricks. 
That means that actually we know that the Pasuk tells us that Moshe's mother Yocheved puts him in this basket and she covers the inside and the outside with pitch. And the baby is crying, she pushes the baby into the river, correct? The baby is taken, drawn out of the river and it's crying. Batya doesn't know what to do with this baby. How long has Miriam been waiting now? We just said, but roughly between a third and a quarter of an hour, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. She's seen the, the thing float. She's seen this woman come. The baby's crying. Miriam steps forward and says, I know you're trying to find someone to shut the baby up. You keep giving it to all these Egyptian women. The baby is not nursing. I have someone to nurse the baby. El Chachamim tell us, why was Moshe Rabbeinu not nursing? Huh? Because you're going to speak with Hashem. He's going to be the one that's going to teach all the Jewish people the Torah. He's going to be the mouthpiece for God in the giving of the, in the, giving of the Torah, in the giving of the Luchot. That mouth could not nurse from a woman that wasn't Jewish, from a woman that ate taref. So therefore, what does Miriam say? Give me the baby or I'll bring you someone who's Jewish who will be able to nurse the baby. Rabotai, according to the Cheshbon that we just realized, the day that Yocheved makes the Cheshbon, that Moshe can't nurse from a non-Jewish woman, right, has to nurse from a Jewish woman because of his conversations with God, because of the fact that he's going to communicate the Torah, because of the fact that the Shekhinah is going to be communicated to the Jewish people through his mouth, that day was Zayin Sivan, which is the actual day that Moshe gives the Jewish people the Luchot on Har Sinai. Now, you remember, actually, what do we say in the song? Shesh b'sivan bonatan hat-torah le-Yisrael. The song is incorrect. Because if you remember the Gemara Shabbat that we mentioned on Shavuot, Moshe took the Torah that was supposed to be given on the 6th of Sivan, and what did he do? Hosif yom echad mida'ato. He added one extra day from his understanding of what the Jewish people needed at that time. They need one more day of preparation. The day that Moshe pushed the giving of the Torah from the 6th of Sivan, that extra day, brings us to what actual day? 7th of Sivan. The exact day that Moshe was put into the water. The exact day, my friends, that the Cheshbon is made, that he can't nurse, he only can nurse, he refuses to nurse from a non-Jewish woman for this exact reason. Magnificent! How many years before? 80 plus years before Moshe Rabenu and his, bro and his sister Miriam are doing this. My friends, now we understand this concept, this idea. The Jewish people, they don't travel until Miriam moves forward. I had a question to me. It was bothering me a lot. You don't want to tell me that Miriam, she waited for Moshe, therefore she deserves payback. So you know what, Hashem? Next time, I don't know, she has a flight to uh, Panama and, uh, you know, and uh, she's, you know, she has a private jet and she has to wait. The, the jet will wait for her. For, what did the three million Jews, what did the three million Jews have to wait seven days? The answer is, it's not just that she was getting paid back for that, but the Jewish people owed her that. Everything that the Jewish people would become was because of the reception of the Torah. 
Everything the Jewish people would become in terms of inheriting Eretz Israel was because of that. Everything the Jewish people would become because they were released from slavery by Moshe Rabbeinu was because of this moment. So in all of these things, we're seeing a fantastic example of a debt that's being paid to Miriam. But my friends, I want to end, if I can, with one simple idea that I think is, uh, is very powerful. And we learn specifically from this. Rav Aaron Leib Steinman, uh, one of the great, great leaders of our generation, uh, he wrote in his book, in a Choveret Mizkenim et Bonan, he wrote something special, very special. He says, the Pasuk says in the Haftarah this week, Lo bechayil velo bechoach ki im biruchi amar amunai. Not bechayil, not with the great acts of valor, velo bechoach, and not with acts of strength. Ki im biruchi. God says, when something is supposed to happen, it happens, biruchi, with my spirit. If my spirit is there, it will happen. If not, not. Okay? Says of Aaron Leib Steinman, he says, this is something that's very difficult for a person to wrap their heads around. That whatever is decreed in heaven, a person cannot change. So as an example, a lot of times a person thinks, oh, you don't know, I was offered to invest in that company before the IPO. If I were to put that money there, forget it. The guy's checking the market every day to, you know, eat him, eats himself alive for the lost opportunity. The guy decides to himself, you know what, I really, I should buy this guy's business. You know, I have an opportunity to buy the guy's business. The guy's making money hand over fist, hostile takeover. I can't believe I didn't make the move. I should have done like this. I should have done like that. The concept of regret in action denies this simple fact. God says, understand that the world of regret belongs to a person that is not a Baal Emunah, that does not have faith. Because God doesn't need you to do this or to do that in order for that to happen. The opposite, the reason why you hesitated is because you were not supposed to get it. A person thinks to themselves, oh, what? It's so unlike me. Every time I get you know, an opportunity like that, every time the numbers are like this, I put the money in every time, you know, in this relationship. I'm so not the type of person that hesitates. I'm so the type of person that pulls the trigger. I can't believe I didn't do that. They're beating themselves up. No. If I would have done that, I would have earned. If I would have done that, I would have got. If I would have done that, my kid would have got accepted. All these things that a person tells themselves. No. That's not what would have happened. The reason why you hesitated is because that was not meant for you. And if you had invested the company wouldn't to take off. What about all the other people? All those other people would have found success in another company that you didn't invest in. Now, is it possible to change a heavenly decree? It's possible, but it's not with action. It's with tefillah, it's with Torah, it's with ma'asim tovim, it's with teshuvah. That's korin et roa ha But you cannot change a heavenly decree with your hands. Lo bechayil velo bechoach. Rabotai, I always think to myself, how many people who are depressed, who are upset, who are, you know, angry at themselves, who blame, who get to all sorts of different difficult levels of psychological state of mind, how much would this idea, just knowing 
this idea with certainty, how much would it help them? It would not have mattered if you did that. Now, hold up one second. Rabbi, you're going to ask me, Rabbi, but what about Hishtadlut? You have to try, you need to do your effort. 100%. Everybody has an obligation to make an effort, to do their best. But to decide that after the fact, when I tried everything that I could have at the time, I did what I thought was absolutely the right thing to do. That was my Hishtadlut. My Hishtadlut was not to do the right Hishtadlut, because if it's only going to come when you do exactly the right Hishtadlut, then actually, it's not about God. It's about you. The point is, I have to sweat, I have to hustle, I have to work. But after I made my very best decision with the things in front of me on the table, I could rest easy knowing I was not supposed to get that house, I was not supposed to get that. And if I would have bought the business, you know what happened? That successful store that made tons of money for my friend, instantly for me it would have dropped. I would have bought a very healthy business and then a week later they would have come out with a tariff against China. I would have bought the business and then a week later Walmart would have decided to make exactly the product I'm making, cut out my legs. There's no way to know that that's happening. Where do we see this? You see this idea that Miriam waits for Moshe Rabbeinu. Waits for Moshe Rabbeinu. Waits for Moshe Rabbeinu. When specifically? When? 80 years before. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu counts, look at Tosafot, counts each minute. And doesn't just count each minute, counts Sha'od Zmaniot. Well, let me go back to the calendar, my Zmanim, seven, you know, seventh of Sivan, 80 years ago. Right? How many hours were in there in the day? How many mitzvot? Boop, 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 boop. 500, sorry, 500 times that, 168 day hours today. Hazaku Baruch, the Jewish people are all waiting for you. They owe you this debt. Look, look at how HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides the fates of men, of women, of nations based <coughs> on their deeds, based on their mitzvot, based on their zechuyot. Ishtabach Shemo. What an unbelievable thing it is to see. And when a person lives this way, it helps them stop second-guessing what might have been, what could have been, what should have been. Ultimately, there are cheshbonot that we do not understand. And one of the great things about God is that this concept actually means, the idea of believing in God actually means a form of surrender. Where we say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I don't understand, I don't know, I can't, I don't know why, but you know what? Someone knows why. There was a letter, I'll end with this, from Rav Hutner. Rav Hutner sent to someone that really was uh, struggling after a very difficult scenario, a very difficult time in their life. They, they lost someone and they were, they were beyond themselves with grief. And Rav Hutner sends him a letter, a whole letter encouraging him, trying to raise his spirits. And at the end of the letter, Rav Hutner writes, he says, To give you comfort, any yodeya, I don't know how. I can't. But there is one that does know how to bring you comfort. God will be the one that will bring you comfort amongst the mourners of Zion, amongst the mourners of, uh, of Yerushalayim. Ultimately, 
There's many different things that we cannot, we will not understand, but that they are out of our hands, either to change or to understand. But at the end of the day, we know that there is someone that does know, and there's someone that's keeping a notebook down to the minutes. How many minutes? How many sha'odzmaniyot? And ultimately that comes back. Whether it's later on in that person's life, whether it's in Olam Haba, whether it's in another Gilgul, a reincarnation of that person's soul, <coughs> ultimately Bore Olam, Hasur Tamim Paolo, El Emuna, Ve'en Avel. God is a rock, His deeds are, pure, are whole, El Emuna, a God of faith, Ve'en Avel, ultimately there's nothing uh, that God does. Uh, that is uh, is Avel. May Hashem bless us always to keep that emunah strong in our minds and to lead our lives from that place of certainty. Baruch Amen.